0: And welcome to the Fighting Stigma Show here on Free FM 89.0, independent community media, and also on Raglan Community Radio, Arrow FM, Otago Access Radio, and Radio Kidnappers. I'm your host, Vanessa, and I'm really happy to be here today talking to you all about how to be happy. <laughs> um, it's gonna be, it's not quite <laughs> as weird as it sounds, because I know so many of us who experience mental health issues have probably been told just. If you just decide to be happy, just choose to be happy, Vanessa, everything will be so much better if you just choose to be happy. That is not what this episode of Fighting Stigma is all about. This is all about, uh, I've seen this really cool article on the New York Times, and it just looked really cool about like how to be happy. And it's just a whole bunch of different things that I've talked all over the time um, fighting stigma and just kind of in one little synopsis <laughs> all together so it's a bunch of different little ideas of things that have been shown to improve our chance of happiness improve how we feel about ourselves and for just like make us feel a little bit better so I thought it'd be quite nice to have a little kind of add that in between our Te top Tapa Wha, uh, series and next week we're talking all about Mental Health Awareness Week because in New Zealand it's Mental Health Awareness Week next week which theme is reconnect so I want to have a chance this week just to talk about some of the really kind of basic and things that you possibly already do but just that nice little reminder of hey these are things that if we're not doing well we're not feeling happy we're not feeling like life is going well maybe we could have a look and see how many of these are we actually doing how many of these can we add into our day and see if that makes a bit of a difference but before i get into all of that juiciness i want to have a quick word about our sponsor progress to health Progress to Health believes in creating communities without barriers and to achieve that we tailor supports to adults experiencing mental health and or disabilities based on their goals to encourage recovery, independence and community involvement. Progress to Health has teams that provide peer support, Now don't worry if you missed any of those contact details for Progress to Health, I play that ad again at the end of the show, so just stick around, grab a pen and paper and you'll be able to grab all the contact details for Progress to Health in case you think, hey that sounds like something be really good for myself or for someone else. So let's dive right into this really awesome Kind of topic and idea and discussion point around how to be happy. So do you have an idea for yourself? Do you know the things that make you feel good? Now we just did a four-part series on Tifari te Tapafa, te so the Moldy model of health of well-being. And a lot of those kind of the things you do to build up your cornerstones, the different dimensions of your well-being like doing those things will quite likely improve your happiness or make you happy because one of the things I personally have found is the things we do that look after ourselves make us happy because actually it feels good as a general rule. We kind of get some form of joy out of it. Uh, Not always. (laughs) Sometimes that whole kind of doing some exercise or going to bed early that doesn't make us happy but like it's a general rule. There is some happiness to be had in that looking after ourselves. But As I said, I'm basing some of this conversation all on the NewYorkTimes.com article, and it's just called How to Be Happy, and it was by Tara Parker Pope, and it's just, I really liked it because I was going to talk today all about being happy, as what I was already doing, and I have this really awesome book, and it's literally called. Happy or How to Be Happy by Anna Barnes and it's just the most beautiful book and I use it I keep it at work for the days that like I need a bit of a pick-me-up and it's just this beautiful book with lots of different sayings and pictures and like ideas in it and I was like how do I make this into a show because what I really need is to like a way to make it coherent and at the best of times, sometimes when I'm trying to put a show together, I'm not hugely coherent. As I've shared before, I experience bipolar and anxiety. And sometimes when I'm getting into the talkative mood, the words flow really fast and they kind of jump around a little bit like I'm a squirrel on a pogo stick. So I went searching on the Internet to try and find if there was something that was like that and had that a whole bunch of that really interesting stuff that was in that book that I just love. And I found this really great article. So I'm just going to read you a bunch of stuff from this article and add some stuff into it because I think we all need to have that reminder that actually it's not about just choosing to be happy. It's actually about there are some actions that we can take, some things that we can do that can help improve our chance of happiness or us noticing that we're happy. And it's not the be-all and end-all, but it's like the same thing as vitamin D. It's like if you go out and get some sunshine, it does help you feel better. It does improve your mood. It does make things work better in your brain. So let's have a look at what I got to say. So behavioral scientists have spent a lot of time studying what makes us happy and what doesn't. We know happiness can predict health and longevity. And happiness scales can be used to measure social progress and the success of public policies. But happiness isn't something that just happens to you. Everyone has the power to make small changes in our behaviour, our surroundings and our relationships that can help us set us on a course for a happier life. So the first part is the mind. Happiness often comes from within. Learn how to tame negative thoughts and approach each day with optimism. So conquering negative thoughts and conquering negative thinking, all humans have a tendency to be a bit more like Eeyore than like Tigger. To ruminate more in the bad experiences than the positive ones. It's an evolutionary adaption, over-lear- over-learning from the dangerous or h- harmful or hurtful situations we encounter through life. Bullying, trauma, betrayal, helps us avoid them in the future and react quickly in a crisis. They've literally done studies and they say this there is actually scientific proof that this is why so many people actually... Picture will remember the negative than the positive, more of the negative than the positive. And it's an evolutionary thing because actually our brains are wired to remember the things that could harm us. Because back in the day, uh, before (laughs) like society as it is today, uh, we, like, you know, if things that could harm us would actually kill us and that could actually wipe out the human race. So they, our brains are wired to remember the things that are dangerous. It's just these days, kind of. Other than making sure you don't walk on railway tracks and look before you cross the road, a lot of things aren't like dangerous, dangerous immediately in our surroundings. So it's actually, our brains still have that functioning so they remember things like it's saying. Trauma, betrayal, bullying, a bad day, like a horrible thing, right? And as I've called it before, the world's like worst home movies, because your brain keeps reminding you of the horrible things that have happened. But that means you have to work a little harder to train your brain to conquer negative thoughts. And here's one of the ways how, or some of the ways how. Don't try to stop negative thoughts. Telling yourself, I have to stop thinking about this, only makes you think about it more. Instead, own your worries. When you're in a negative cycle, acknowledge it. I am worrying about money. I'm obsessing about problems at work. I am overthinking what I said to that person and how much I really wish I hadn't treat yourself like a friend when you're having negative when you're feeling negative about yourself when you're having negative thoughts about yourself ask yourself what advice would you give to a friend who is down on themselves and then try to apply that advice to yourself that can be a really really positive one like always like if you're wondering and worrying about how to look after yourself just treat yourself like you would a really good friend because actually it can make the biggest difference so challenge your negative thoughts so read Socratic questioning is a process of challenging and changing irrational thoughts. Studies show that this method can reduce depression symptoms. The goal is to get you from a negative mindset, I am a failure, to a more positive one. I have a lot of success in my career. This is just one setback that doesn't reflect on me. I can learn from it and be better. Here are some of the examples of questions you can ask yourself to challenge negative thinking. So first they suggest you write down your negative thought, such as I'm having problems at work and I'm questioning my abilities and then ask yourself what is the evidence for this thought? Am I basing this on facts or on feelings? Could I be misinterpreting the situation? How might other people view the situation differently? How might I view this situation if it was happening to someone else? And the bottom line Negative thinking happens to all of us but if we recognize it and challenge that thinking we are taking a big step toward a happier life. Um, I might do a session uh, show sometime on and review the ABCs of thinking and feeling because it's just really great for kind of recognizing the between actions thoughts and feelings and then negative, feeling, negative thoughts and it can be really quite great. Another thing that they suggest to help you feeling happy is controlled breathing. Science is just beginning to provide evidence that the benefits of this ancient practice are real. So studies have found, for example, that breathing practices can help reduce symptoms associated with anxiety, insomnia, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression and attention deficit disorder. For centuries, yogis have used breath control or, and I apologise for my pronunciation, Para Yama to promote concentration and improve vitality, Buddha advocated for breath meditation as a way to reach enlightenment. So for me, the thing that's really important about like breathing control is it's just a breathing exercise. Like you can add like the kind of the the Buddhist kind of teachings to it as well. You don't have to. That's a separate thing. It's like that whole breathing practice where you're concentrating on your breathing and you're doing some form of diaphragmatic breathing and counting like it can make such an immense difference to our well-being like and it definitely definitely works for anxiety the next suggestion is rewrite your story so writing about oneself and oneself writing about yourself and personal experiences and then rewriting your story can lead to behavioral changes and improved happiness. Now, pretty much every single kind of concept of self improvement, health and well being. Some some of the therapy I've been in has all talked about journaling or writing some, like whether it's every day or every other day, writing down some of my experiences. It has obviously been a very big thing. We know it works. I'm just really bad at doing it. So I'm going to tell you all this that's written in the article, but fully expecting that some people who have been listening are going to go, Vanessa, you're telling me what to do, not what you're doing. I do know this is a really good idea, though. I try to make myself do it more because I know it works. So rewriting your story. They can lead to behavioral changes and improve happiness. We already know that expressive writing can improve mood disorders and help reduce symptoms among cancer patients, among other health benefits. Some research suggests that writing in a personal journal for 15 minutes a day can lead to a boost in overall happiness and well-being, in part because it allows us to express our emotions, be mindful of our circumstances, and resolve inner conflicts. Or you can take the next step and focus on one particular challenge in your, you face and write and rewrite that story. We all have a personal narrative that shapes our view of the world and ourselves, but sometimes our inner voice doesn't get it right. By writing and editing our own stories, we can change our perceptions of ourselves and identify obstacles that stand in the way of our personal well-being. The process is similar to Socratic questioning, what we just talked about above, just previously. So here's a writing exercise you can try out. One, write a brief story about your struggle. So, I'm having money problems. I'm having a hard time making friends in the new city. I'm never going to find love. I'm fighting with my spouse. These are all suggestions that they've given. Two, write, now write a new story from the viewpoint of a neutral observer or with the kind of encouragement you would give a friend. So, the suggestions I've given there are Money is a challenge, but you can take steps to get yourself into financial shape. Everyone struggles in their first year in a new city. Give it time. Join some groups. Don't focus on finding love. Focus on meeting new people and having fun. The rest will follow. Couples argue, here's what your situation looks like to a neutral observer. So numerous studies show that writing and rewriting your story can move you out of your negative mindset and into a more positive view of life. The idea here is, to, is getting people to come to terms with who they are and where they want to go and the next point is get it moving (laughs) this is one that is is the old old um, flagged horse like you know flogged horse it's like exercise exercise is so important but seriously we all know how important it is it's just find some form of movement so when people get up and move even a little they tend to be happier than when they are still So there's a study that tracked the movement and moods of cell phone users that found people reported the most happiness if they'd been moving in the past 15 minutes than when they'd been sitting or lying down. Most of the time it wasn't rigorous activity, it was just gentle walking that left them in a good mood. Of course, we don't know if moving makes you happy or if happy people just move more, but we do know that most activity goes hand in hand with better health and greater happiness. Now... I know sometimes when we're really down and we're really not doing well, actually hiding in our bed or doing nothing and holding still feels safer and better. But we all do know that the more we do that, the harder it is to break that cycle. So finding something to get up and move, even if all you're doing is getting up and walking to one end of the house and then back again, Like I literally had a friend, that all she did is she just walked around the edge of her room. It wasn't a very big room, so she just walked the perimeter of her room. Like she did like five circuits and then she'd lie down again. But she got up and she moved and she said that it did actually make a real difference. She had to do it a few times, right? But it did actually start making a difference to how she felt because she was moving her body. She was getting the blood circulating. Things were making a difference. The next suggestion they have is practice optimism. Optimism is part genetic and part learned. Even if you were born into a family of gloomy gusses, you can still find your inner ray of sunshine. Optimism doesn't mean ignoring the reality of a dire situation. After a job loss for instance, many people may feel defeated and think, I'll never recover from this. An optimist would acknowledge the challenge in a more hopeful way saying, this is going to be difficult, but it's a chance to rethink my life goals and find work that truly makes me happy. Thinking positive thoughts and surrounding yourself with positive people really does help optimism like pessimism can be infectious so make a point of hanging out with optimistic people there was actually i can't remember the exact study but it said that you are your mood will be a, a combination your mood will be informed by like the four or five people you spend most time with so if Like the five people you spend the most time with, if four out of five of them are really happy and they are positive and they're willing to try and work to get through things, you'll have more of a mindset to do that. Whereas if you have, say, five people that are all like, everything's horrible, the world's dreadful, then quite likely it will be a lot harder. Like it doesn't mean you can't, but it will be a lot harder for you to think of, immediately start thinking of positive um, affirmations and positive kind of outcomes and be optimistic so just being aware of that it doesn't mean you have to go change your entire life and change your friend group but it's just noticing who you spend the most time with The next one is home where you live the country the town your neighborhood and your home all have an effect on your overall happiness because finding your happy place imagine a ladder with steps numbered from 0 to at the bottom and 10 at the top. The top of the ladder represents the best possible life for you and the bottom of the ladder represents the worst possible life for you. On which step of the ladder would you say you personally feel you stand at this time? This so-called happiness ladder is famously used as a way to measure and compare happiness across the globe. So the World Happiness Report ranks countries based on the subjective well-being and happiness of people who live there and their responses to the ladder test. So the top 10 happiest countries in the world is number one is Finland, two is Denmark, three is Norway. We're number eight, so I'm not going to go, so it's Finland, Denmark, Norway, Iceland, Netherlands, Switzerland, Sweden, New Zealand, Canada and Austria. So we're number te- eight out of 10, that's pretty fantastic. So countries you'd expect to be happy, those with strong economies and quality of life, are still pretty happy, even though many fell short of the top 10, and can improve their policies to make citizens even happier. So the USA ranked 19, France ranked 24, and Japan ranked 58. The least happy places on earth are not surprising. They tend to be countries that have experienced war, natural disasters, and hardship. One thing we've learnt from the happiness report is that there are six variables that explain the differences in human happiness across countries. So, factors that account for happiness within a country. Gross domestic product, per capita, social support, healthy life expectancy, social freedom, generosity, and absence of corruption. So the research is intended to use as a public policy level, but there are lessons to learn on a personal level as well. So finding a sustainable, a, a sustaining and satisfying job, do your best to live a happy, in a happy place, surround yourself with so, social support, take care of your health, be generous both in spirit, time and money, and in order to pave your own personal road to happiness, if you can work on all of those things would make a big, big difference. The next one they talk about is spending time in nature. Now that's one we talk about quite often, isn't it? Like getting out and spending some time in nature. Is it, are you living somewhere that has forests or lakes or rivers or mountains? What is the kind of nature that you really enjoy? Is it maybe going to the ocean? What, what do you enjoy? Right? So numerous studies support the notion that spending time in nature is good for you. We know that walking on quiet, tree-lined paths can result in meaningful improvement to mental health and even physical changes in the brain. Nature walkers have quieter brains scans show which means scans show less blood flow to the part of the brain associated with rumination like just overthinking or thinking lots. Some research shows that even looking at pictures of nature can improve your mood so natural light exposure by spending time outside or living in a space with lots of natural light it can be really good for your mood. The last one I want to talk about really, really quickly, is declutter, but save what makes you happy. So getting organized is unquestionably good for both mind and body, and reducing risks of falls, helping eliminate germs, and making it easy to find things like medicine or exercise gear. So obviously a lot of people who are experiencing mental health issues like that, whether it's the symptom, or it's the warning sign, or it's the trigger, or it's just the thing that always happens, I know, I talked all about my messiness and my clutter. But one of the things that I love that they've got in this is the one-minute rule. So one of their favorite bits of happiness advice comes from Miss Rubin, the author of Happiness at Home, and many other useful guides and articles on happiness and good habits. She proffers a one-minute rule that has been incredibly useful in the author's life. So the rule is, do any task that can be finished in one minute. So the simple sage advice helps you decide what to tackle in a messy room. Do the one minute task first. So here's the list. Hang up a coat. Read a letter and toss it. Fill in a form. Answer an email. Jot down a citation. Pick up phone messages. File a piece of paper. Put the, a dish in the dishwasher. Put away the magazines. If you do nothing else, incorporate the one minute rule into your life. It, can, it will give you a short boost of happiness after you accomplish so much in a short time. And as a bonus, you'll end up having a cleaner room, which will also make you happier. And I have to say that I really like that one minute roll. Like just what, what's one little thing you can do that will make a difference? Because sometimes we need the little things, right? We need the little thing that will pick us up and help us be happy because actually things are not going well. But with that in mind, what I'm going to do now is share our series of support lines, because sometimes what we need is someone to talk to, and we don't have someone right next to us. So grab a pen and paper and write these down, so if you ever need someone to talk to, you know where to reach out to. So the first support line that I want to give you is 1737. Now, that's pretty much what it's called, so need to talk. 1737 it's a free call or text service and it's available 24 um, 7 so 24 hours a day seven days a week so you'll get to talk or text with a trained counsellor and their service is completely free so if you're feeling anxious or um, run down depressed needing to talk to someone give them a call or give them a text 1737 Now this is support information and resources to people who are at risk of suicide and or the family of family or whānau and friends supporting them. Now it's available from midday to midnight and their number is 0508 totoko, which is zero five zero eight eight two eight eight six five. Now the next number I want to give you is the Shine Confidential Helpline. want to have someone to talk to about whatever's going on around that because quite often we need a bit of extra support and when you're not getting that support that can definitely lead to mental health stuff. So this is a really great line. Um, So the outline, their number is 0800 688 5463. Now don't stress if you missed any of those support lines. I do play that series of that i play that segment at the end of every single show of fighting stigma so come back next week at thursday midday on free fm 89.0 or find us on spotify or find us on accessmedia.nz app or find us wherever you get your podcasts but that's all we have time for today so from us all here take care at progress to health we provide a range of support for those who have experienced mental illness People who have dealt with mental illness and associated disabilities are supported holistically to maximise their potential. We want to empower your journey to recovery. Check out our website, wwwprogress healthorgnz or call us free on 0800 77.